Okay, thank you for an interesting discussion. I know there's much more to be said about a lot of this stuff, um, and hopefully we can come back to some of it uh, as we continue this discussion. Um, But uh, first and foremost, I just want to uh, give us an outline of where we're going today. Um, Really, we're going to answer three main questions. Uh, The first one being, can I lose my salvation? That's the whole issue of eternal security. Uh, The second will be, uh, who is really saved and who is not? And then uh, the third, how can I respond to um, someone whose salvation is in doubt? All right, so let's really slow. Okay, so before we answer these questions, uh, let's identify so we're all on the same page what uh, is salvation, and we'll uh, throw in a few other ideas and definitions so that uh, we can move forward all kind of together with the same ideas. So what is salvation? There's some blanks in your handout here, so uh, the yellow um, words in the PowerPoint will be uh, where you need to fill in. But the reconciling of God, of the perfect God, I'm sorry, the reconciling of the perfect God with sinful man through the sacrifice of Jesus. Notice the elements. Go turn to your in your Bibles to Romans uh, three. We're going to break break this down a little bit um, to really see what's going on. <coughs> If you don't, uh, the the text is is also on your handout. Someone read this verse, uh, these verses, uh, verses 23 to 26 for us. Okay, thank you. So, what's what's this begin with? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is our need, right? We're sinners. We, because of that, are separate from God, who is perfect, and we we ha- there's that gap, right? We all agree on this. Um, but what's God's response? Um, the text says, and are justified by His grace as a gift. Okay, so justified. We, the, the guilt of that sin is satisfied by God's grace as a gift. It's given to, to us from Him. Okay, let's keep that in mind. How does this happen? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation or a satisf- satisfying of God's justified wrath uh, by His blood. How He gives it? To, receive, to be received by faith. This is how we get this uh, response of being justified um, by God's gift. God's purpose to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. I, I love this because the first reason why God does this is his own glory. You know, I, 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 I often neglect to remember that. It's not for me first. It's for His glory first. Notice also that it says, so that He might be the just and the justifier. Not only is He just, is His character that way, but He is the one who can do that. Okay? Shows His character as well as His authority. So, eternal security. Let's give a very brief uh, uh, definition of, of what the issue is. Uh, the central idea of the eternal security is that once someone attains salvation, they cannot lose it. All right. So moving forward, that's what, that's the idea of what that it, the words eternal security are, are talking about. In contrast, conditional security uh, is telling us that salvation can be lost if the believer falls away and rejects God. And this is uh, let's note that this is not a temporary rejecting of God. I, I'm struggling today, or in this this year, or this period of my life. But this is a permanent, I'm rejecting this, I, I no longer attribute myself 
to God in that it's a it's a permanent um, turning away. Right. So a couple other things to know, uh, and you can fill them in as we go. Having been saved from the guilt of sin upon trust in Jesus as Lord, uh, this is the justification. This is definition of justification. Okay, this word is going to come up a few times, so that we're all on the same page. Um, this is what we're going to um, that definition. Okay, look at look at your handouts. Uh, the next uh, definition we'll do a Jeopardy style. The process of being saved from the power of sin. Can anybody take a stab at what this word is? Okay. Any other ideas? I heard it. Sanctification. Okay. This, the process of being saved. Okay. From the and this is important. From the guilt of sin. I'm sorry. Power. You're right. That's an error in the PowerPoint. So the let's say the process of being saved from the power of sin. Okay. So this is the Holy Spirit um, aiding us in release in in becoming more uh, godly in our character, more righteous. Um, because sin has its hold on us, we need it to um, to come alongside us, and that that is sanctification. Um, the next one, a future being saved from the presence of sin. This is glorification. Okay, we're talking about um, entering into heaven with God. We no longer are bound by by um, this world. We are now in the presence of God, where there is no sin. Finally, perseverance is living with hope in the daily battle with sin. Okay, so let's take these ideas and move forward here. Understanding that salvation, um, there's really two ways that we look at it, okay, or that it, that we can look at it. One is from our perspective, okay. What when you think of salvation, someone coming to salvation, what is happening from our our view? What do we see? Just as a as a you know from our with our eyes and our ears, what, what do we observe? Okay, someone professing, you know, a, a faith. Someone's perhaps life starting to turn. Okay. So our view, just objective because we all see these things from our own eyes. Uh, we're hearing the, the truth and responding to it. Okay. How how it's told to us, how we receive it, and how we respond to it is going to be different from very from person to person. So my experience of of salvation is different from a human perspective from any of you. Okay, as far as how long it took me to understand it, when, at what point in my life I believed it, and how, from that point of belief, it's manifested itself in my life. Okay, with that though, there's there's an objective view that that God sees. Okay, what's happening from God's perspective, salvation? Well, it's really a process. Okay, God sees this as a process that begins before and continues after the moment of belief. Okay, this isn't this doesn't start. When we say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, I trust in you. Okay, that's kind of when it starts. We, we identify a starting point of our salvation. But really from God's perspective, it's long before that. Okay, and we're going to take a look at Romans 8. Uh, if you want to turn there in, in, the, in your uh, Bibles, you can. Um, but it's going to identify the salvation process. Okay, can someone read Romans 8? Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. Romans eight twenty nine to thirty. Okay. What we see here is a process, right? Um, this this doesn't this begin. We see how it begins long before um, that point of justification when we're when this guilt of sin is suddenly appeased by our by our understanding and our belief that Christ 
can do this for us. So this, we'll take a look at this process. It starts with the election. Okay, uh, for, the, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Okay, the call, which is talking about this uh, conform, uh, conforming to the image of his son. Okay, God is working in our hearts. Those who he is uh, elected to salvation, he's he's called to himself. It could be over a period of time, uh, long or short, or someone's most of someone's life, um, or very early on. Okay, as as he draws us to himself, we get to the point of belief. We get to the justification. After that. Our God, uh, through His Spirit, is working in our hearts to uh, bring us uh, closer to Him, to be more like Him, uh, more righteous in our lives. Um, uh, that point, and that's we, as we identified sanctification, and finally the glorification um, is the the pinnacle of our salvation when we get to heaven, when we are finally completely released from the bondage of of um, facts of sin. Right. So something important to note. Uh, not all who appear to believe the gospel message will actually believe it, right? I want to take a look at Acts 13.48, and I'll read this out loud. When the Gentiles heard this, uh, the message of the gospel, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord. And as many as were appointed to eternal life believe. See, some who didn't believe expressed glory to God, didn't they? They, they rejoiced at this word. So, if Someone um, that we see at, say, evangelistic event, um, that can be a very emotional experience. I think one of our discussion scenarios was that. Okay, someone attends this event, and through that event, they profess Jesus as Lord, but there's no change. Okay, and while certainly we can't be the final judge of their salvation, there's concern there because we understand that just because someone has this experience of calling Lord, Lord, okay, calling Jesus Lord, doesn't necessarily mean that they're convicted in their hearts of that truth, okay? Um, you know, the uh, Bible talks about how even the even they know that Jesus is, is Lord, they believe that, but obviously they're choosing, they're, they're not uh, accepting that, they're not owning that, that reality, okay? So let's, Head to the questions that we identified, okay? Number one, can I lose my salvation? It's a big question, all right? And just kind of a, um, some context here. This is a debate that has gone on since the early days of Christianity. And we're not going to seek to come up with a revolutionary, hard and fast um, uh, end to this, to this debate that's been going on forever and ever, okay? Um, there are many nuances of, of the different theories and doctrines that, that people believe out there that we don't even have time to touch. Okay, So I would encourage you to explore those things uh, on your own if, if you're interested in some of the different theories. But we will identify uh, what the village church uh, holds to um, and take a look at scripturally at, at what's going on there. Okay, Three major doctrines that most uh, of the different ideas out there will fall under. Okay, the free grace reformed in Arminian. You have a chart on page uh, four that outlines the, uh, and contrasts uh, these different doctrines. Okay, so we'll go through these quickly. Um, the free grace doctrine: uh, once saved, always saved. Okay, so you're going to believe that we can't lose our salvation. Um, the justification 
may produce sanctification, but it may not. All right. So just because we profess faith doesn't mean that all are going to change. Right? That's that's not always going to be evident in everybody. Um, therefore, the perseverance in the faith is encouraged. You know, obviously we we want to like uh, like Christ, um, and we use the Spirit for that. But it's it's on man. It's man's responsibility um, for that to happen according to the free grace doctrine. Okay. So the the conclusion of that is that the believer who ultimately rejects God can can still maintain their salvation okay? because of that first uh, belief, that profession of of faith. Um, on the opposite end, let's go over to the Arminian doctrine. Um, this this says that salvation can be lost. All right. Um, that the justification is maintained by sanctification. That only if we continue to um, live out this faith in a way that, that is identifiable and uh, moves us closer towards uh, being like Christ is, the, is our salvation secure. Um, perseverance in the faith is required, but it's man's responsibility to follow the Spirit. Um, the conclusion of that, then, is the believer who ultimately rejects God will lose their salvation. All right, so we have the two kind of polar opposites of, of ideas. Uh, the village church um, follows the... Uh, we hold to the reform... The ideas of uh, the reform doctrine is outlined here. Okay, let's go through this. Um, once saved, always saved. We believe that once salvation um, is attained, it cannot be lost. Justification must produce sanctification. So... Um, rather than uh, the free grace where if we believe, we may or may not become more like Christ in our, in our thoughts and our actions and in our hearts, okay? But uh, we believe that justification must produce sanctification. So this is an automatic response of belief. And we'll go through scripture identifying uh, why. Uh, perseverance in the faith is guaranteed and it's the work of God through His Spirit. So, this takes it off of man's responsibility and puts it on God's responsibility. This is God working in us. Uh, remember, you know, because he, he chose us, right? He's given us this faith. He is going to be the one to complete that work. Okay? Yes, John? Yes. Uh, it's, uh, the Reformed Doctrine um, is also uh, known as the Calvinist perspective. Um, and so d- those two things can be interchangeable as we discuss this, uh, have this discussion. Um, the, finally, the conclusion of that, the believer who ultimately rejects God was never saved to begin with. So if there is no evidence of faith throughout someone's life, and that, that doesn't have to be necessarily entirely external, okay? but um, if there's no change whatsoever, it's evidence that someone was not saved to begin with, right? Let's take a look at some uh, scriptural support of, of this doctrine. Once saved, always saved. Uh, can someone read uh, Romans 11.29? You can use your handout or the text is on the screen. We're going to go through these fairly quickly. Uh, it's not to diminish this scripture, but we have a lot to get through. So, okay, pretty plain and simple, right? What God gives, um, those who he's called, he does not take away. All right? Second uh, Peter 1.10. We understand that... Um, the confirmation of our of our election um, will uh, manifest itself in the qualities um, of of Christ. Okay, we, in becoming more like Christ, um, and on your own time, read the context of that in Second Peter one, um, because that will identify some of those things. And we'll we'll talk about 
um, later on what some of those those um, factors are that that will that we seek. To, um, um, yes, Mark. Okay, good. That's that's good to good to know. Um, let's uh, look at the idea that justification must produce sanctification. First uh, Thessalonians five. Uh, can that one for us? Let's understand again. This is God through His Spirit who's sanctifying us. This is not our own doing. The the reality of the work of God in us is going to produce the sanctification. First John three nine. Can someone read that for us, please? Really, again, emphasizes that in many respects, this is out of our control. Okay, when when God's Spirit is in us, we can't help. Okay, we can't help but to seek after God. Now, certainly, we might again stumble in that process, might um, be hindered because of our sin, but ultimately, there it will continue to work in us um, because of that reality. Perseverance is guaranteed and is the work of God through His Spirit. Alright, let's read Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Straightforward. Anybody have any questions about this, how this works? Kind of just continuing to emphasize the points we've Also in Philippians 1, 6. More assurance of the permanence of our salvation. Okay, and again, reminding ourselves, this is... God who began this work, and He is the one who will bring it to completion. He will lead us through this this process um, as we live our lives um, in the hope of the reality of, of, of heaven. Finally, the believer who ultimately rejects God was never saved to begin with. For this, we look to 1 John 2.19. Can someone that one for us? Emphasizing, again, what we looked at earlier in that just because someone associates themselves with God or with Christians, doesn't make them believers. Make them believers in Christ, and doesn't guarantee their salvation. Um, so, this also reiterates the idea that that that's going to become evident. Okay, at some point, that um, that there's going to be the separation of those who believe and those who don't, based on um, the lives that we live. Um, but again, reminding us that this is the Spirit at work in us. Not based on our own our own doing. Okay, so the question that we ask: Can I lose my salvation? The answer: No. All right. Moving forward from there. So how do we, how do we uh, determine who is saved and who is not? Okay, this is a little bit trickier uh, because you know we're human and not God. Um, but for uh, for a little bit of uh, context, along with the scripture that we've looked at, why don't you turn to Romans ten? And if someone could read uh, verses 8 through 10 out loud, please. Okay. What do we throw out some ideas of what we're seeing here? It's a, it's a verse that most of us are familiar with, but let's just um, make sure we're all on the same page and get, get the ideas of what's going on here. Okay. So there's an outward expression and an inward reality. Right? Okay. So some conclusions from that. True believer will have both an outward and inward uh, confidence in Jesus as Lord. All right, we've identified that. Spirit is at work to sanctify true believers. Remember from the text we went through um, prior to that, we we heard a lot of evidence uh, to support the idea that the Spirit is is the manufacturer of our sanctification. A true believer will not ultimately reject God. So, with those things in mind, what can we not Conclude, and we must be careful not to not to uh, carry these uh, conclusions with us. 
Um, all who profess faith are truly saved. All right? Just because you profess with your mouth, remember that second element needs to be there. Right? There has to be that belief. Can we always determine that? No. Okay? That's, that's not something that is always visible from our subjective human uh, you know, vantage point. All right? uh, something else we cannot conclude. All true believers will express their faith in the same way. We brought this up before. How do you, you know, um, it's, it's in nuances even as simple as how we, uh, how we pray, how we uh, study God's word, how we um, uh, practice with our families, practice our faith in our, in our homes. How do we um, uh, live out our faith in, in, our, uh, in our places of work? Okay? Um, how do we worship? This, is, this all manifests itself in unique ways. Um, and so it won't be the same for everybody. So let's not take a legalistic standpoint of just because you don't do something my way must not really believe, okay? And uh, the PowerPoint's off on this, but the next point is going to be, if you look at your handouts, no true believer will struggle with ongoing sin issues, okay? We all are slaves to sin. Um, even uh, from, a, from a human standpoint, until we reach heaven, we're under that control, okay? Uh, we have the ability also to judge the salvation of anyone who doesn't live according to our moral standards of, standards of living, okay? This is something we can't conclude, um, and we talked about that also before. So let's uh, outline from Scripture some evidence, okay? Notice this is not proof uh, of a true believer, okay? We're going to make a few points, um, but there is also on the final page of your handout, uh, you can look at later, um, a list uh, Mark provided of um, a, a number of questions that kind of give that evidence of, of salvation. All right, but let's identify a few major things here. A love for your fellow brother in Christ, fruits of the Spirit, and a general increase in godly character, okay? Um, obviously, if, if Christ is in us and we believe in that message, he's, we're going to be like him through that process of sanctification, okay? And the evidence of that that, that the Spirit is in us is obviously uh, the Bible identifies fruit, the fruit. Um, these are the things that we associate with the reality of the Spirit at work. Okay, so the, the, who is really saved and who is not? Let's answer that. We cannot always know for certain, can we? God is the ultimate judge. So if we can't always know for certain, how then, to go to question three, how do I respond when one's salvation is in doubt? Okay, this is really, I think, where we kind of get tripped up. Um, and it's, I think, um, as believers, it's, it's one of the more challenging elements and it's kind of what we uh, discussed um, earlier on. So if you would, go back to the, some of the, the uh, pages with discussion questions, okay? I want to go through a little bit. Um, and if you see at the bottom, I don't know if you guys had time to answer this question, but it asks, how would you respond to these people if, uh, they came to you and said, "Do you think that I'm going to heaven?" All right. What, um, let, number one, let's let's take it. Take a look um, very quickly um, at that. My man grew up going to church on Christmas and Easter, and has stuck with that tradition, but otherwise is uninvolved. He believes in God, but has never professed faith in Jesus as a savior. Okay. What do we respond in um, in confidence with that? Are we are not able to be confident? How? Do, yes. Um, right. 
for the sake of time, I don't, I'm not going to go through all six of these. Um, but what are just some what are some of the questions that we or responses that we have? And sometimes they're back in the form of questions. Uh, John, you mentioned something in our discussion. Yeah, Can you show that? Well, I think, uh, you right. So it's really making sure you know we ask ourselves the question too of what do I believe, and then in turn, you know it's when we're confident, you know, in our salvation, you can you know does that match up? Does does the other person's response kind of align with what we know? Uh, you know, neither with salvation, um, but really what what we're looking at is an issue of concern versus confidence. Okay, and this is what I want to emphasize as we look to respond to people, okay? Let's not worry so much about the nuances of how we dance around the issue of, oh man, I don't want to like tell the person the wrong thing, okay? So we're going to outline a few um, pretty simple responses that we can give to people uh, depending on the, their situation, okay? So let's note that as believers we have the freedom to judge the salvation of a non-believer, Okay? Someone who does not and has never professed faith in Christ, we can. We're free, God said we're free to we're free to acknowledge that that person is not uh, saved. Okay, that gives us that authority. Um, but we have no authority to judge the salvation of anyone who professes faith in Jesus as Lord. Okay, these these scenarios that we looked at, most of them, the person professed faith, even though their actions didn't line up. That doesn't give us the authority to be confident that they are or aren't saved simply based on that. Okay? Um, that, again, we, we talked about is God's, God's authority. He's the ultimate judge. All right, so when do we have confidence and when do we have concern? Take a look at some generalized scenarios. Someone who professes faith and their life reflects that faith. We all agree what, what the response is? Confidence. Right. See, both of the elements that they're believing, and uh, that faith is alive. It matches up with that. Someone who professes faith struggles with perpetual sin, but seeks to change. Agree that there's there can be confidence there. Remember that just the, our our belief and our faith doesn't release us from the reality of of sin in our lives. Someone who professes faith but does not seek to correct ongoing sin. I think we have to have some concern, right? We can't give. We can't give that person confidence, all right? And this, of course, manifests itself in all degrees based on that person, um, you know. But really, unless there's there's that fruit of their salvation, that evidence, we, we don't know, right? We're not, we're not able to discern that. For someone who professes faith at one time, but there's no outward evidence of that faith. Yeah, that's also a concern. Right, right. Think there was somebody Very difficult, yeah, when you can't give that person... Confidence that they're right. Absolutely, we need to we need to love our brothers in that way, right? So the final one: someone admits to never having faith in Christ, but attends church regularly. I think it it goes even beyond that. I think we can have confidence that there's no salvation there. There's if we know that there's never been a profession of faith. Okay, they admit I've never trusted in Jesus. Well, we know, right? We know that there can't be any salvation without that. All right, so the answer to how to respond when one's salvation is in doubt. It's possible for someone to trust in Christ and not be living for Him. Therefore, I cannot give that person confidence in their salvation, nor can I condemn that person to hell. So with all of this, um, I want to open it up uh, in the few minutes we have left. If there's any questions, um, 
any of these scenarios that we talked about uh, you know, bring up anything? Um, so, uh, Mark, you had a point. Second Corinthians 13. It's a hard thing to do, I think, for us to really examine our hearts sometimes. We, don't, we know that the inward reality sometimes doesn't match up with what we're saying. You know, and that's a scary prospect. Um, but understanding that, you know, we, we are still going to be, to some degree, slaves of sin. Um, but where is our confidence? But even yeah. Right, yeah. 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 Wanting to, to, ver- to, to, to know that for certain, yeah, yeah is, is good evidence. It's in and of itself, right? Yeah. Okay, anyone else? George? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a really difficult thing to wrestle with. And, you know, I, with the couple minutes that we have, I'm not sure we can really explore that. But, um, you know, Mark, do you have an idea about that? Yeah, and what an opportunity for, for witness there. Yeah. There was a uh, street evangelist out at, um, at the college I went to um, who was great in answering those difficult kind of questions. And he simply would say, I don't know, but what I do know is that, that God is good, that God doesn't make mistakes, like you said, and that God is, is a loving authority and is, a, is the ultimate authority, and I trust him. Um, so I can't say, but, but I do know that God, God made the right. One more minute, and John, go ahead. There it is. Certainly that would be a concern. Really, the victory of uh, in life over death. I mean, that, that there's so much to it, but really, that's the core of, you know, is that what I believe? That 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 is the reality: Christ's death on the cross and resurrection. That that his life over death be a picture of my life over death because of that. All right, let me close in prayer here. Lord, we love you and just uh, are grateful for that life that we have um, because of Christ's sacrifice uh, on the cross. Where we desire to become more like you and ask for your spirit to work in us uh, for that purpose. Make yourself uh, known to us. Make it clear to us. Um, Lord, how we respond to those uh, who are questioning their salvation, Lord. And help us, Lord, to examine honestly our own hearts uh, that we might Uh, be blameless before you. Lord, we love you and ask for your hand over the rest of this day. Be with us, go forward uh, before us, uh, around us. Uh, Lord, we love you and give you all praise for all things. In your son's precious name we pray, amen.